Hello and welcome to Silicon Valley Bite-Sized. I'm Cherry Reynard. With me today are Walter Price and Mike Seidenberg, managers on the Allianz Technology Trust, to chat about what's been happening in technology markets. Uh, welcome both of you. Um, Walter, I wonder if we could start with an update on the fallout from COVID-19. Clearly, there have been some technology sectors that have been very hard hit and some that have really benefited. Um, could you walk us through it? I think in terms of the ones that are hard hit, uh, that, that's pretty obvious. Uh, retail companies, travel companies, uh, anyone associated with uh, uh, those sectors has been hard hit. Um, I think in addition, the uh, companies that sell software uh, on-premise and sell hardware on-premise, uh, those deals have been harder to close and have been uh, deprioritized. Um in terms of the companies that have benefited, uh, there's some obvious companies like uh, Netflix and Zoom and some of the video gaming companies. Uh, but in addition, I think uh, some of the companies that enable movement to the cloud or security in the cloud uh, or work from home or work from anywhere, those companies uh, seem to be uh, seeing a, a nice uh, tailwind to their growth. Okay. And where companies have been hard hit? I mean, companies like Apple spring to mind. Um, are you expecting a kind of V-shaped recovery, a U-shaped recovery, an L-shape, or does it does it really depend on the, the company? I'll put, Mike, I'll put that to you. Sure. I, I think for the most part, our, our view is not a V-shaped recovery. Um, I think that, you know, we will see um, a gradual recovery. Uh, I think that you know, there is a new normal that we're all living in. Um, I'm optimistic that, you know, as a society, you know, we will work through this. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of puts and takes. I mean, we are seeing, you know, secondary um, viruses in places like China today, for example. Um, and I, I just think it, it's probably, it's probably, a, you know, more of a winding road than people thought at the beginning. Having said that, you know, I look at some of the U.S. numbers, um, and I'm I, I'm encouraged. But I think that we're ta- we're not assuming a V um, right now. Uh, that's our current thinking. Okay, and Walter, have you have you reshaped the portfolio at all um, in the in in the wake of COVID? Oh uh, yeah, we have. Um... I mean, we've, we've made a couple of uh, iterations to the portfolio. Initially, uh, we bought a lot of the work from home beneficiaries, uh, uh, you know, companies like Netflix and, uh, and Zoom. And then uh, in some cases, uh, we trimmed some of those companies and put money into the more economically sensitive companies as their stocks got, uh, you know, de- declined by 50% or so. Uh, we said, well, there is life after COVID, and these companies are really good companies. So, you know, for example, Paycom, where we had cut our position, we, we raised that back up. And uh, in the case of Square, where we had cut our position almost to zero, we raised that back up. Uh, because we do think there's there's life after COVID for these companies, and they're, they're well positioned. I think recently, uh, we've gotten more enthusiastic Watching the China data, we've got more enthusiastic about cell phone rebound and uh, the new 5G technology that's coming uh, to the world in, uh, this year and next year. 
And so we've started to increase our weighting in those uh, companies. I think uh, 5G kind of went through a hype cycle last year, and then the, the stocks uh, uh, deflated as that hype cycle uh, was punctured a little bit with early results in uh, Korea and China. Um, but we think that uh, the technology brings a lot of benefits to people uh, in terms of their ability to see much faster uh, throughput uh, if they get 5G, uh, and as well as to the operators where the costs of transmitting data is much lower. Uh, so uh, you kind of have this dual benefit that uh, we think will grow in utility over time. So uh, we've started taking some positions there. Okay, and um, I wonder if you could just give a, a little flavor into how decisions are made within the team. I mean, is is there kind of ro robust debate between between you all about, you know, what should go in and, and what shouldn't? Yeah, I mean, you know, those of us who who have spent any time or listening to these podcasts or uh, meeting with us in person, you know, we have a very robust process of names entering and exiting the portfolio. I sometimes almost describe it as a Socratic method um, in that, you know, I am fortunate to work on a team of four people who are very, you know, highly intelligent and really understand technology at its core. Um, and therefore, you know, we have a lot of discussion um, and we don't always agree um, on names. I can tell you when 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 three of the four of us agree on a, on an idea, it tends to work quite well for us. Um, but you know, we you know we tend to have we, our real focus is um, individual accountability at a at a name level, yet team orientation on the on entry and exit. So a lot of challenge and responses um, on that. And Walter, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I, I think the team method is uh, is proven in our case, uh, and uh, it prevents you from making uh, uh, stupid mistakes. So if you have a dictator, uh, sometimes you can get in love with a particular situation, and even though it's not working, you kind of dig in your heels and get more intransigent, and it becomes a problem for the portfolio. I think that that is eliminated by our team process. Uh, everybody cares about performance. Everybody cares about, uh, uh, you know, the best uh, result for the portfolio and therefore we're all focused on that. Okay, and then looking at the portfolio today, uh, you've talked a little bit in the past about holding a, a kind of barbell position between those companies that have done well out of COVID, those that should do well for the rest of the year and companies that have rebound potential. I mean, is, is that a fair reflection of the portfolio as it sits today, Walter? Yeah, I think that's a good characterization. Um, you know, I, that there will be a vaccine, there will be life after COVID. Uh, and I think people are finding ways to open stores and do takeout and omni-channel and uh, situations like that. So there's an interim uh, period when uh, the virus is still with us and uh, can flare up at any time and people have to be cautious. But uh, And I think that's the period that we're entering now. Um, and so I think that there are companies, however, you know, Apple is an example and 5G is an example where uh, 
you know, you may have to stand in line to get into an Apple store, but you still want to buy their products and you spend more time on your phones now than ever. And application uh, uh, performance is improving. So, you know, you want to upgrade your phone uh, if you're getting new features and faster service and, uh, and more, uh, more interesting apps. So I think that uh, that's an example of a company that probably uh, uh, transitions pretty well in this uh, new normal. Um, and then, uh, you know, longer term, after we have a vaccine, some of the strong companies whose stocks are still quite depressed uh, will see a recovery in their business if they have good, solid models. Uh, I mean, Mike might want to comment about, uh, you know, our thinking on companies like uh, Facebook and some of the software companies where clearly it's more difficult to to close business, but, uh, uh, you know, those companies, uh, we still like a lot. Yeah. Happy, happy to talk about that. Look, I think that, you know, the, the, the interesting thing I think is for some of the software companies, if you listen to them and as we're doing our diligence, they're actually finding that, that they're, that they're in the selling in the, as they're selling to their customers, they're finding their ability to access executives at the high, at a high levels is much greater. People aren't traveling as much. It's easy to hop on a Zoom call. So we've now heard multiple times that they're actually able to get to key decision makers quicker. I think that really benefits companies that have relevant products uh, in today's um, atmosphere. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think that's actually, I think you're going to see this kind of like, you know, continuing bifurcation between the haves and the have-nots in the world of software. Um, I also think it's worth noting that, you know, some of the companies that we have investments in are allowing retailers and whatnot to kind of facilitate their business in a new modality. Um, I can give an example there. If you take a company like Twilio, which is a communications software company, you know, they are being used... Um, uh, for contact tracing, they're being used to help uh, retailers deliver goods, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'll just use a retail example: when Mike Seidenberg, you know, drives from his home to go pick up a shirt that I bought, you know, from a Nordstrom, which is a big U.S. retailer, um, you know, they know they know when I when I pull up, I'm able to immediately message the company. Uh, Nordstrom in this example, and they're ready to have, they have that good, you know, ready to, you know, drop off at the curbside. So I just think, you know, I, I'm always impressed uh, by just the, um, how, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are, are clever at solving difficult problems. I think we're seeing some of that uh, during this time. I mean, and, and that's great that there are tools and technologies that are out there to allow these, you know, these businesses to continue to, you know, stay in business and hopefully thrive when this is all over. Yes, I mean, presumably, uh, the consumer experience will become a really key differentiator, sort of post COVID. Yeah, I think it was prior and I think it's even more so now, right? I mean, I think you know you, you and I have spoken enough on these on these podcasts to know that, you know, the high street retailer, a high street shop to stay competitive, they have to think digitally. Um, it doesn't mean that they need to, you know, shut down their store. 
um, on the high street, but they need to have a digital view of the world because that is the way that many people are starting or were interacting with them. And now it's probably even more so, right? Because we live in this world where, you know, I'm more, you know, if I want to, and I'll use my shirt example again, if I want to buy a shirt, I don't want to go in a store um, right now. And that doesn't mean I won't go back to stores to Walter's point, you know, this too shall pass. There will be a vaccine, but you know, I want to be able to, you know, use that merchant, but also be able to go and just pick up the goods. And that requires digital. So I, we're, we're excited. And by the way, uh, that doesn't just pertain to retailers. That uh, pertain that 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 also uh, that also is relevant for suppliers of companies, et cetera, et cetera. So there are lots of opportunities for some of the companies that we're investing in to really fill that need and to grow their revenues. Absolutely. Um, are there any sort of new technology? Technologies that have either emerged or significantly accelerated as a result of the crisis. I mean, possibly data management or AI or collaborative technologies. Um, Walter, I'll put that to you first. Well, I think uh, collaboration is uh, is a technology sector that's really taken off, and uh, you know we've certainly seen that with uh, Zoom sessions where. Uh, you've gone from 10 million users in December to uh, 300 million users. I mean, that's a 30x increase in activity uh, in a few months. Uh, but I think uh, Microsoft Teams has been talking about how that technology, which is a, uh, a collaboration technology, is also growing you know, exponentially. It's not just you know, doubling. It's going growing much faster than that. And I think, uh, you know, there are lots of uh, uh, mid-cap companies that participate in that trend. And um, and I'm sure Mike uh, uh, would would love to talk about that. Yeah, I I think, you know, on the collaboration front, we're just seeing, you know, and you can just, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, know, Slack, Microsoft Teams, um, you know, companies like Alassian, um, we're just seeing just a, a, a lot of opportunities for some of these software companies to help um, help their customers. You know, I'll just use Alassian for example, right? Even throughout COVID, um, companies like a Facebook, and I'll use them, need to update and keep their products current and innovate, and that requires a lot of orchestration um, on, from the developers who actually. Are making or are actually building these products. Um, you know, Alassian helps facilitate um, that process of development of debugging uh, because when you're building a product, um, you have to look at all the lines of code and how how they interact with each other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I mean, the the, the idea of collaboration um, is something that I think is you know top of the mind for most CEOs today. Um, and I think it was, you know, it is even more important. You know, it's also uh, it's also just thinking in terms of company culture. And I don't think Alassia is a great example for that. But I think a company like Microsoft or a product like Microsoft Teams or Slack allows companies to maintain their cultures um, uh, in unique ways um, as we go through this as we go this go for, go through this work from home process. So. I mean, I think that we're, you know, early days um, on some of these uh, companies, uh, but, the, you know, the road ahead looks pretty bright. Now, 
you know, I want to be, you know, very clear. It isn't as if, you know, the fax machines, or <laughs> I hate to use that example, it isn't as if orders are just flowing in. It doesn't require sales efforts. It still requires educating the customer, getting buy-in across the organization. But these, you know, these are re- these are probably more relevant tools and technologies today than they were prior to COVID. Do you agree with that, Will? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, I think uh, companies are going back to work, uh, but they found it's more efficient to uh, allow employees to be distributed. Uh, they don't all have to be sitting in a pod. And, um, and I think that uh, these tools are essential to going forward and basically being able to attract developers because I think developers and employees, uh, many of the capable ones really like this uh, work from home or alternative uh, location option. And uh, you know, I think that companies that can figure out how to make that work effectively are going to have a leg up and attract big talent. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 also been a pretty busy time for social media. Um, you know, there's been on Twitter they've been removing the Chinese accounts and policing Donald Trump and all this kind of stuff. Is is it is it kind of a new era for social media as well? And Walter, I'll put that to you. Well, I think activity on social media has been at an all-time high, um, as you point out. But the, the problem with social media is uh, it was an advertising, uh, it's an advertising-led industry, an advertising-funded industry. And we know that in a weak economy, advertising gets cut. And this, uh, this slowdown or this uh, recession was no different. Uh, Facebook, Google... All of these companies have seen declines in revenue. Um, but what's interesting is because of the activity and the targeting ability of these companies, uh, the ROI of their products to advertisers that still have money is uh, turning out to be uh, even higher. And so I think as companies refocus on growing their customer base and growing their revenues, they're coming back to the Facebooks in particular, but also uh, the Googles and other social media. So from an economic standpoint, I think uh, these companies are uh, some of the quickest to see a rebound in their business. Okay. And just finally, um, I hear there's an election coming up. Are there any risks to the market either way, would you say, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think every time we have, you know, a presidential election in the United States that, uh, you know, presents itself with both challenges and opportunities. Um, In my lifetime, I'd say this is, you know, I've never seen a more divided United States, uh, which, you know, at my core makes me sad as an American uh, so I think that you know the election, uh, there, you know, we're probably it probably presents itself for opportunities for more volatility. Volatility. Having said that, at the end of the day, you know, we, the United States, and you know, a lot of the more developed nations of the world are consumer-led economies, and you know, hopefully, you know, people will accept the leadership. Um, as they traditionally do, and we'll get back to you know people going to work feeling good about their situation, you know, spending money, um, 
you know, as they get paid and, you know, we can, you know, as to Walter's point, we can move our way out of this recession. Uh, and I have a core belief in that. Like, you know, I, it was kind of what I said earlier, you know, I'm always amazed by, by, you know, the mom and pop retailers when I walk down the street and just how clever they are and just how, you know, it just gives me optimism. And, you know, I'm optimistic that, you know, we'll, whatever leadership we have in this country, we will move forward and we will kind of, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak, as we work our way through COVID. Okay, and just finally to you both, um, how are you feeling about the technology sector today? Um, Walt, I'll put that to you first. Yeah, well, the technology sector, I think, is shown to be increasingly relevant to society and the world. And there are just so many opportunities uh, as society transitions to this new world with uh, the cloud and with a collaboration. I just feel so enthusiastic about the opportunities that we're able to find and put into the portfolio. And Mike, anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just to dovetail on Walt's comments. Look, I, uh, the reason why I get up and I'm excited about do work, doing my job, working with the people I work with is it's really hard for me to understand where technology starts and stops. And if I think about my interaction as both a you know, a consumer, a worker, um, you know, a parent, um, you know, I interact with technology, you know, I would say it's an understatement to say, you know, a couple of hundred times a day. Um, and I just think that that just affords us opportunities as we go down the path looking for relevant investments for our investors. So I remain optimistic and, you know, excited about trying to find good ideas and investments for the trust. That's great. Okay. Thank you both so much for those insights today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Please do look out for future episodes. We look forward to welcoming you next time.